Actually, why don't you uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, Larry Organ and and yourself and what you you know your, your personal side first. Sure, Larry Organ, 47 years old, born in Toronto, Canada. Um, moved to the U.S. 22 years ago now, and to start my own business and um, started out in the in the scholarship search business, uh, business called Student Services, which eventually became uh, we had a product called Financial Aid Search through the web which became fast web and was sold to Monster in 19, once it was 1998. Uh, loved the Monster model so much I decided to see if I could improve upon it. Then started Jobs Online, uh, which uh, eventually actually grew to a bigger size than, Mo- than Monster from a traffic point of view. And our strategy was a little bit different. Whereas Monster charged employers but made it free for the job seeker, we uh, made it free for the job seeker and the employer, so more of both we felt would come. And, again, the strategy was a, a back-end data model where we found uh, companies to go out and buy the data, uh, both from uh, the job seeker and employer side. So every time someone came to the site and entered information, it was, um, it was, uh, it was pre-sold, and that was the company's revenue model. So, actually, that's an interesting point there, um, and we should go back and talk a little bit more about the personal side. But, um sure. The, that model, after you did that, you obviously did drive a lot of traffic and it, it went pretty well. Um, did you ever get any kind of backlash from consumers as to having their data sold? Absolutely not. Uh, one, you know, I, uh, I, I can't say that I'm a pioneer in selling data because data's been around for, for a lot longer than, than we have, uh, at least the buying, selling, and manipulating of data. When someone came into jobs, uh, into jobs online, we would tell them that the, the quid pro quo of using the services that we are going to sell your per, the personal information you give us. And to the extent that someone saw the value in the services that we were providing, they had no issue with it. For employers, it was, it was like a bonanza because a monster typically, especially back in the, in the late 90s, was primarily used by, by mid-sized to larger employers and wasn't really uh, accessible, if you will, to a, to a, to a smaller company. You know, the, the 50 employees and fewer because they really couldn't afford to, to recruit that way. And by making it free, you know, we had local bar owners coming and listing job, open bar positions on, on jobs online. And um, they knew when they signed up, we told, we, we told people that we were selling the information that we were capturing. And you know, my, my biggest client back then was, was Donnelly, who was um, trying to build a business database and they told me that the most difficult thing that they, they um, had to capture was square footage of plant. Right. I remember you talking about that. Maybe you should give it, go on and give that example. That's a really good example. Sure. And so when, 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 a, when a, uh, I'll go back to my example, a bar owner would come in and list information about the, the job that he was trying to fill. We would ask him, how many square feet is your bar? And when someone would fill it in, that, that, was, uh, that information was uploaded to uh, Donnelly, who would pay us for that information. So... The, the employer got what he wanted, he or she wanted. They got people applying for their jobs, and, and it was free. The jobs they got what they wanted. They found employers that they couldn't otherwise find through Monster, and uh, we got what we wanted as a company because we were making revenue off of both of them. And so the an, jobs a, a, an employer. employer would come along and fill in the size of their plant floor, and that, would, that wouldn't have any relevance to the job application process, but that was key lead generation data for Donnelly, so that then became worth a lot as per lead. That, that's exactly how it worked. And so we went to Donnelly and others and said, okay, what information are you trying to capture? And we told employers that for them to post their jobs for free on the site, they had to, to give us this, this information along with the job they were trying to fill. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Let's um, backtrack a little bit. Um, tell us a little bit more about Larry Organ. I mean, you, you grew okay, up... Okay, so after, after Jobs Online, I, uh, when, we, when we, we sold... We sold jobs online to Axiom because uh, because of the, all the data that we had captured in the, the database and the sales channels that we were selling through, and then they took the name and sold it to Monster. So if you type in jobs online today, you'll get to Monster, but all the, the data still resides with the folks at Axiom. After that, started a company called Custom Offers, and I remember it well. It was April of 2001. In January of 2002, sold it to, to, um, to Mosaic. Uh, they, they filed for bankruptcy 11 months later, and we, the employees, bought the company back in 2003 and uh, renamed it Consumer Base, and we've been going ever since. So that's, uh, that's a short history of the past 22 years. Right. And you married, kids? Um, married, four kids, uh, age ranging from 8 to 15, 
and live in a suburb of Chicago called Winnetka. Yeah. Um, and I also remember you mentioned you'd like to also vacation in the Caribbean. Uh, vacation in the Caribbean and also vacation um, these days more in Canada because we're we're in a little uh, resort north of Montreal where there's both um, a lake and a mountain. And my kids have um, come to love this area here, so we, we, we spend as much time as we can in the summer. And um, during the, the school year, it's back to Chicago for, for school. Right. Okay. So um, talking about <coughs> the, the companies you've you, you built, I mean, um, you, Jobs Online, you were, you were doing all of the data driving as well as selling yourselves. It, it, does it, would it be fair to say, and, and maybe we should um, go into a deeper understanding of what Consumerbait does, but would it be fair to say that you've stepped away from driving most of the data now and you're more focused on, on aggregating the data and just adding some value to it as well? Actually, not fair at all. We're, we're, probably, we're probably more active today in marketing. Um, our, our, our various websites because the websites are what fuels our data sales. All right. And, uh, well, maybe do you want to take a, a step back then and just explain you know, quickly what uh, consumer base is, how, how how big it is, the kind of stuff you're doing, how many employees, you know, just like a, a, a soundbite. Sure. Consumer, consumer base today, we, we are a three-channel business, if you will. Channel number one is we are a digital agency where we provide um, uh, online marketing digital agency services to clients like um, monster.com, military, military.com, and, and others, where we will either do their banner ad buys for them or their search engine buys for them on a cost plus basis. So we are, we, we have been doing that since 2002 and we are fairly good at it using all the tools that are commercially available. The second channel in our business is the, the website channel. We we uh, we own and operate about uh, ten different websites, maybe a few more, because of different faces to different sites. And those websites, what they all have in common is they are all transactional websites where they make money for by selling by selling leads typically. And uh, but the byproduct of those is is data, which all goes into our database, which is the third channel in our business. And uh, the real core of our business, if you will, is we are in the data business where. We are an original data supplier to, to the folks at InfoUSA, Equifax, Experian, um, uh, RL Polk, and others. And we also slice and dice the, the database and sell that direct to, um, to, you know, to companies throughout the country who are interested in, in one piece of data or another. Uh, as far as the, the company goes, we are approximately 40 people. We're based in Chicago. And we have, uh, we have and are continuing to set up, um, uh, salespeople in different cities throughout the country so we can do a better job at going direct by, by being a part of local markets. I was looking at your press releases just before this call and it looks like you've been hiring quite a lot lately. We have been hiring quite a lot and before the end of the year we, we hope to hire, our, our plan is to hire two new sales reps per month. So our, our ambition for this year is to get 20 new, uh, 24 new experienced sale, data sales reps uh, in the company. Uh, so far, we're pretty much on target with, um, with uh, our run rate of hiring two a month. And, uh, you know, cities are important to us that we haven't filled yet. We're looking for, for someone in Denver. We're looking for someone in Los Angeles. We've just hired someone in San Francisco. You're about to see that. And um, uh, uh, we, we've hired someone recently in Atlanta, so that's been pretty good to us. Uh, Philadelphia, we're still looking. So there's, there's a lot of ground yet to cover. But we are doing a pretty good job hiring so far. Cool. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, looking over some of the the products and stuff that you have, so um, you're out there buying a lot of media. Are you then you're you're working with an advertiser to buy media for for a particular advertiser? We're buying media. Uh, we're buying media for our clients. We're, we're sort of uh, agnostic as to to what we uh, what we buy for for our clients when. When the folks at Monster come to us and tell us that they need their acquisition costs per new resume capture to be X, then uh, we may we may do a spend on Google, we may do it on Yahoo, we may do it on Miva, we may go to a banner network. Our our goal is really to bring in our our clients are for the most part all direct direct response clients. They they understand what their acquisition costs per 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 sale or per per resume or whatever their their target is, and it's up to us to to go out and get it. And it's that expertise that's, that's lent itself fairly nicely to our the website channel of our business because the same skill set that we use to buy um, buy traffic for our clients, we also use it to, to buy for our own proprietary websites as well. 
Okay, so let's say, um, I mean, some of the, the guys listening to this call have um, offers around eBay, how to, how to make money on eBay. If one of those guys wants to increase their volume, is that something they can bring to you? Probably not. Uh, a typical, I mean, it's, it's a great business, <laughs> how to make money on eBay, and I know there's tens of thousands of people out there doing it. A typical client for us is someone who, with a, with a minimum monthly spend of $10,000, number one. Number two, um, as much as we love a branding business, our clients tend to be very focused on understanding their, their, their metrics and communicating the same to us. And then we go out and we put together a marketing plan and execute, as I said, on a cost-plus basis. Um, typically, you know, we'll find uh, catalogers understand their metrics very well. Um, uh, I'm trying, trying to think of other examples of people that, that we will. And these are guys that are currently uh, spending about $5 million a month on media. Pardon me? These are guys that are currently spending about $5 million a month on media. Well, I'm, not, I'm not sure what a company's total spend is. I know that we won't take a client who's spending less than $10,000 a month through us. Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, you know, it's, it's um, we're, we're, because of the, the work we do to set up any account and to, to get it going, uh, someone who's in the business of testing, doing a $1,000 spend for a test, it probably is not going to be the client that we could work with. We just couldn't make it economically work for us or them. I mean, for these guys, that, that sort of money is not not an issue. It's more about can can you get volume? That's exactly it, and so that's uh, that's where that's where we tend to focus. Also, the the value of our company is determined by the quality of our clients, and so we are looking for more for more blue chip clients um, because the our end goal, like with my past companies, is to to build build up something very nice and then sell it. And um, my experience has always been that buyers. We'll look at certainly revenues, certainly profitability, but uh, very important as well is the quality of who your clients are. And so you're looking for the brand name type clients? Absolutely. All right. Okay. Um, anything else you want to talk about on the, the media buying aspect or that side of the business that's interesting? It's uh, the, the media buying side of our business is something, uh, like I said, I think we do it well, but uh, we are a commodity because we use tools that are commercially available to everyone. It's part art, part science. I think that we're as good at anyone as the art part of it, at the science part of it. We have we have tools that help us um, be very good. But it's uh, the more exciting part of our business, frankly, is what happens uh, in channel number three, is which is uh, where the data comes from. Right. One last question, just on the media sure. side. Are you tracking clicks and doing any kind of behavioral stuff there? Um, we. Uh, it, it really depends on what our client is asking us for. At the end of the day, what they care about is acquisition cost per, per lead or acquisition cost per sale. And so while we do do click tracking if, if someone requests it, it it's sort of like uh, you know, sort of like doing an email campaign where people ask you to track opens. And uh, our response is typically, why? <laughs> what's, it, what's it going to tell you? And what you really care about at the end of the day is how much it costs you to make that sale and whether you got 1% or 10% opens if we track back to... Um, your, your target acquisition cost per sale made, the number of opens doesn't really matter. I'll say the same is true for a number of clicks. It's uh, the most important metric to a sophisticated buyer is what it's costing them to make a sale. Well, let me give you an example. Let's say um, you're generating leads, you're generating job seeker leads for Monster. Yes. And so you're driving a fair amount of volume. But let's say you go and work with a high-traffic website, um, let's say MySpace, for example. Sure. And you, work, you do a, a side deal with MySpace where... Uh, as users click on the ads for Monster, um, you're getting that profile data, like a basic profile, let's say just name and, and uh, email address, on those users and the fact that they've clicked. Um, that data, they're not as as as, a, as valuable as a full lead that has been filled in by uh, a user on a Monster.com site. However, they've still represented interest and there's some data there. Is the, are you taking that sort of data as well or have you, have you put together deals like that? Well, you're, you're you're talking about different programs. There's, you know, if you're t- if you're talking about strictly clicks, you know, that would be a branding program where how many how many people how many eyeballs have seen my site or my logo, my whatever. Um, that would be an important metric. Uh, what you're talking right now though is about capturing a pre-lead, where instead of capturing an entire resume, they just um, uh, they're capturing a a name and perhaps an email address so they can remarket to it. Exactly. And, and then um, you try to do an upsell from there. That's absolutely that's. That's more of a co-reg program where you're capturing partial interest and then trying to upsell from there. And so from that point of view, sure, we, that, that, that sort of information is important. But just from a um, marketing, strictly from a marketing point of view, 
I, I don't believe that people are really interested in in knowing how many people have clicked if it if it's not really relevant to what their their final acquisition cost per per sale made is. All right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So let's move on. Um, the agency side. Well, I guess this is the media buying is the agency side, or is that? That is correct. Yes. And then there's the website side. Then there's the data side. So maybe the the website one is is interesting. You obviously have a, a bunch of websites, and I saw one uh, talked about in one of your press releases, which is email-info.com. Email. Oh, that's not one of ours. Isn't it? What was the? It's. Uh, it might be. Oh, you might think of email-lookup.com. Email-lookup.com. Yeah, that's the one. Yes. So and I, I've noticed you've got a couple of these sites, um, yeah. and and. You talk about these sites as um, they're obviously important for the company. The Alexa ranks on them all seem to be around the 1.5 million marks, indicating not necessarily tons of traffic. Or, right. Or is there a lot of traffic to them we don't know about? Um, well, you, you've, cho- you've, uh, you've chosen the one site that's atypical of the rest of what we do, uh, emailbestlookup.com. All that really is is that's a joint venture with the folks at whitepages.com. Mm-hmm. If you go to whitepages, uh, you'll, you'll see that the Alexa rankings are, are, are much higher. I actually prefer use Quantcast these days and Alexa, but uh, they're, they're both pretty good. And um, what we have done is we we have this we have a database of 80 million consumers. We put that database available online for someone to do a lookup of email address by by first name, last name, and state. And that site is supported by by uh, banner advertising. We make no effort to market the site. The only reason we came up with the technology was to support the folks at W3 who own whitepages.com, and for them it's a, it's a much bigger driver of, um, of revenue and traffic. Uh, so it was sort of a freebie we threw out there. A typical site for us, except for that one site, is a transactional site like, like consumerwireless.us, for example, which is a front end of Infonic where we sell uh, cell phone applications. And so someone, someone um, responds to one of our our affiliates or one of our, our marketing efforts and comes in and buys a cell phone through that site, we wind up selling the application, uh, all applications, whether they're, they're, um, they're approved or not, to Infonic. And we um, have the resulting, we keep the resulting uh, data captured and get a transaction fee for having originated that sale. That's more typical of the websites we have. And so, th- as an example of this site, is, is this site uh, generating a lot of traffic, or these other sites that you have? Do they generate a lot of traffic, or is it small targeted traffic that, that becomes worth a lot? Um, email lookup. Let's discount that for a moment because it's just sort of sitting out there. Uh, Consumer wireless. We have um, we have targets for all of our traffic's pursuant to the the data we're trying to, to capture that month. And for us, it's really data sales drive how much traffic we need, and to a certain extent, we'll even drive how we uh, select which websites to promote. If we have a, uh, I think I may have mentioned the last time we had a conversation is, is the folks at InfoUSA took their compiled database and what we're looking for as many people as they could um, to mark that had a, an interest in travel. And so uh, we, we don't have a travel website at this time, but we had to come up with a way of, of finding out who in the web is interested in travel. So we had one, we used one of our sites called Reports 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure if we talked about that, but that's a joint venture that we have with Yahoo, where we will, Yahoo's biggest pain, as you can imagine, is competing with Google for clicks because they both have about the same advertisers and they both get are compensated on a per-click basis. Google has a lot more natural traffic, and Yahoo, um, to compete, has to find different ways to distribute. So one of the ways they do it is through us, through email deployed under the Reports 2007 brand. So we'll send out email Saying, hey, you thinking of travel? Before before you uh, before you shop, you know, just do some comparison. Here's three different travel offers, and in that email, uh, it will list the three highest paying cost per click uh, offers on Yahoo at that moment in time. So if I send you email right now and you open it either an hour from now or ten hours from now, each time you open it, you'll you'll see different results. And when someone um, clicks on any one of those offers. It goes to Yahoo's client, but also uh, also pings our database and says that this person at that moment in time clicked on a travel offer, and that information is uploaded real-time to our database uh, for sale. This, for example, is how we um, gave the folks at InfoUSA, we turned their compiled database into a specific travel offer, so now they can sell their data instead of for $35,000 compiled, 
for $65 a thousand because it's a specific um, niche database. Does that that's make sense? the behavioral uh, click tracking. So people clicked on that they were interested in travel offers. That is, that is correct. And so that's, uh, that's, that's it's sort of our backfill site that allows us to, to, um, um, to come up with... Uh, uh, well, this started because I was telling you how we select which, which site that we're going to market, market the most. And if we're, if we're looking for specific clicks in a, uh, that we don't have to one of our sites, like Sony Interest in Telco, for example, we'll focus more on uh, the reports 2007 where we can, through our partnership with Yahoo, get uh, a tremendous number of clicks in a certain, uh, certain uh, discipline. Is that, a, is that an open thing that anyone can apply for um, dropping, doing email drops um, for, of pay-per-click ads on Yahoo, or is that something you had to actually especially work with them to set up? I think there's a very small number of us who are actually out there doing it, and there's a, a tremendously long application process, and they, they certainly want to vet who's good, who's not good, how you're deploying your email. Um, they're very concerned about privacy issues, how you um, how you take care of your unsubscribes and, and privacy compliance and the rest of it. So uh, I don't know specifically what they're, they're, uh, who they're looking for and how many people they have. I know that it's, uh, there's not a lot of us out there doing it. Yeah. Now... Um, uh, on the websites, we I think, and, and touching on the, the, the digital agency side for a second, I know that I may have told you in our last conversation that for about three years we were doing the search engine marketing for for the different friend finder companies, and um, we uh, we looked at that space. We we stopped doing it from about a year ago, and we looked at that space and decided that we wanted to not get in the data business, but we wanted to use dating as a way of capturing a tremendous amount of data that we could throw over into our database. And so we have um, started, uh, we have now started a, a dating site somewhat akin to the, the friend finder model. But the, the difference is that we are, because I believe this is the future of our business and the future, quite frankly, of data, we have uh, started to uh, capture cell phone numbers in a privacy compliant way, although no standard yet exists for how you're supposed to capture cell phone numbers because there's, there's been no legislation on it. But we're asking people if we can communicate with them through their cell phones, and to the extent that they say yes, it also allows us to send commercial messages to those same people based on all the same selection criteria that we currently have in the consumer-based database. So if you think of it, someone can sign up for a dating site now, and if uh, someone else expresses interest in them, our system will send them um, a text message saying, someone else is interested in you, come back to the website, and check out their email. Since we have that information and we've asked them if we could send uh, commercial solicitations to it, if this is a 35-year-old mom living in the suburbs of Los Angeles with two kids and a university education, if that's, for example, I'm just making this up as an example, the Domino's target, we can send that same person at 5.30 uh, p.m. on Monday afternoon uh, a text message saying, by the way, your local dom- uh, Domino's pizza at such and such an address, here's a phone number, call them right now for $5 off. So this is, in our opinion, A, the future, B, the, um, the, it, it's the way that people will, will target their, their advertising um, you know, in the next, next few years. You cannot get better targeted than, than getting someone on their, their cell phone with a text message. So have you actually been sending out um, SMSs on, on behalf of clients now? Uh, we are, or uh, right, right now we're building a database. And we're finding that about 25% of the people that, that use the site are giving us their cell phone numbers. We don't want to, we're, we're, um, we're taking orders. We don't want to start deploying, however, until um, probably towards uh, uh, November when we have um, a decent saturation of, uh, of, of phone numbers that, so we can, we can make a campaign worthwhile. So then the question is, and obviously it's, it's a fascinating idea, um, and, and that sounds value-added in the case of the Domino certificate. Um, people get riled up enough today about spam, um, mm-hmm. and, and obviously this, is, this has got to come up every time you have a conversation about this. How, how do, well, maybe not when you're talking to advertisers, but when you're talking to, to other people, how do you think consumers are going to respond to it? I mean, can you do it in a, enough of a value-driven way where people won't get totally riled up about it? Well, there, there's, uh, uh, number one, there's the law. Number two, there's the reasonable person theory. Uh, in the law specifically, uh, there's, there's no law right now that tells you you can't do it because it's, it's uncharted water, if you will. So the way we are doing it is when people are signing up for the dating site, we, we say, how do you want to be contacted by email or by cell phone? 
And to those that, and uh, so those, so I'm telling you right now, 25% of people say they want to be contacted by text message on their cell phone. We then tell those people that, um, you know, part of signing up here is that we are going to send you commercial messages, so on and so forth. And um, we then uh, send a, a text message to them saying, you now must go uh, with a code, you now must go back to the site, enter this code to prove it's really you. So what we're trying to do is, is uh, prevent against uh, people who um, would put their friend's phone number in just to bug them, for example. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, uh, it's really, we've invented, if you will, a double opt-in process for, for sending text messages. Um, that's the, so that's, that's how we sort of covered the law, because eventually there will be legislation that says you have to do something similar to that, I believe, or maybe less egregious, but we, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to, to be as, as good corporate citizens as we possibly can be. Then there's the practical side of it. If we send people five messages a day, um, if I got five text messages a day from a commercial advertiser, I'd be up in arms. But if we limit it to once every every couple days, and it's uh, it's useful, uh, you know, if I am that, you know, 35 year old mom and it's 5:30 and I'm it's it's Monday and someone says here's a, a coupon for Domino's, I'd be pretty happy about that, quite frankly. Mm. If it's um, and so our job, we have found and and if. We're, we're, we're again, we're, we're driven by, by by revenue, by profitability. We're finding that for compi- for compiled data, the average guy is going to spend about thirty-five bucks a thousand for data. For targeted, it's going to be closer to six, sixty to eighty, depends on on what type of targeted data it is. We are we're approaching people at two hundred and fifty dollars per thousand for for targeted text messages, and nobody's batting an eye. Hmm. So we think that again, you can you can you can afford to send a lot less, have it be more profitable, if you will, and uh, I think it's better for the advertiser and better for the consumer. Are you, are you still, a, you do this on a CPM basis and not on a CPA basis? We don't do no. anything CPA at all. Oh, really? We're, we're 100% CPM shop unless we're doing search engine marketing for someone that's CPC. Because in this instance, um, it almost could be on a CPA basis of uh, getting the pizza delivered, which might even be able to increase your revenues. It, you're, you're absolutely right. We, um, again, um, if you look at the evolution of the web, it's still, uh, uh, everybody and his, and his brother was in the CPA business, and people were making millions and millions of dollars as the industry got a little bit more sophisticated. People, the, the, the risk, if you will, has shifted from the um, advertiser, from, sorry, away from the from the mailer to the advertiser. In other words, if they don't understand their own metrics, they they won't they they they, they can't afford to do a CPM mailing. Uh, I do believe that. Um, uh, CPA still lends itself to a lot of the, the fly-by-nighters out there, and I, I realize it's the whole industry, but we have not done anything on a CPA basis, certainly that I'm aware of or with any scale, in the past three, four years. Right. Would would you consider um, jobs online? That would be that was a CPA type offer, wasn't it? I mean, was that brokered out to the networks? Oh, it was, it was a huge CPA offer. Um, and and by the way, we'll, we'll, we will buy the CPA basis if we can, because again, it. it it takes all the risk out of advertising. Um, having said that, um, you have to keep in mind the times. It was this is back in 19, I think 99 and 2000 around then. It was the the landscape was very different from what it is today. You know, we I, a lot of the companies that we work with today wouldn't even consider um, having done done business on the web uh, seven or eight years ago, and ten years ago. Um, uh, Check check um, check with network network solutions. I'm not sure that uh, American Airlines had a website ten years ago. Yeah. So it's um this we have seen um uh, the web is almost like dog years. You know, in the last ten years we've probably seen a hundred years of of growth, and um it's the the changes that we're seeing every day. But it's in, in technology that allows transactions you couldn't even have considered you know five or uh, five six seven years ago. Some of the tracking that we do right now. Uh, I think is, is so sophisticated, and computers weren't fast enough, you know, 10 years ago to track it. The technology probably didn't exist 10 years ago, even five years ago, with some of the things that, that are currently going on in the web. Would you say uh, would you say it's a better environment to make money in today, or or, or back then? Um, uh, it depends for whom. I think it's it's much bigger today than it was yesterday. I think that um, to it's back. Uh, 
it's, it's almost like a, a sliding scale. Ten years ago, it was absolutely positively the Wild West where almost anything went. There, was, there were very few, few rules to regulate it, and anyone with a clever idea who, um, you know, who was first in the market could make some pretty decent money. Today, it's um, you're seeing a lot. You're seeing a lot more traditional advertising. There, you're seeing a lot of budgets being shifted from you know, traditional branding to direct response, and that's 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 what the web's all about. I mean, there's some branding that goes on there, but not much. So, while there's more money in there today than there was yesterday, I believe the money in it today is more sophisticated than it's been in the past. And so, while there was an opportunity to gouge uh, more five years ago than there is today. Uh, I think that um, the bigger, more sophisticated players are taking the lion's share of the business out there today. I mean, 24/7, I think, has has, has a great service. Uh, you know, with and as does Zito, by the way, <laughs> who you just interviewed a couple of weeks ago. Right. And um, Zito could not have existed uh, 10 years ago. It just there wasn't the there wasn't the the formal network set up. Um, and uh, what makes them work today is the sophistication of the market and the uh, um, and standardizing on, on formats and all the rest of it, which we didn't have, uh, you know, five and ten years ago. It would seem to me like a data guy like you in the past um, could have done some tremendous stuff, just given that it was the Wild West. Uh, oh, sure. We, um, I'll, I'll, I tell people the story of how in um, uh, one, I won't, I won't name the clients, but it's one of the big office store chains. They came to us in, I want to say it was 2001. I could be off by, by a year, but I think it was 2001. And they wanted to um, capture names of people interested in receiving their offline magazine. And so on a co-reg basis, this is another someone who signed up for, for jobs online already, all they had to do was um, pre-select uh, a little button that says, send me your... your um, Office Supplies catalog, mm-hmm. they, they paid us a buck a piece, and they wanted a million of them. So we got a $1 million order for a million co-regs. That same co-reg today is probably worth 3 to $0.05, cents, right. I'm guessing. And Would then, they pre-checked or, or not pre-checked? Um, my, my memory says it was, um, it was pre-checked, but I, I'm not positive, to be quite honest. Right. But uh, another big difference is from, from today, and I, I'm, I'm, most of what we were doing was pre-selected, so I'll, I'll say it probably was that. Another big difference is um, is the scrubbing that happens today, versus um, there, there's no such thing as scrubbing, you know, six seven years ago. It just wasn't part of our of our landscape back then. So there were some huge deals out there, and a lot of people that made a lot of money that that no longer exists today. But again, the the same store if they came along did some uh, did some today in a co-reg program, they'd be paying a lot less, and frankly, they'd probably be doing it a lot more because it would work a lot better when you're buying your your leads for for five cents as opposed to a buck. Right. And you're just scrubbing them against what you currently have, and you can even use a, be a little more sophisticated and say, I'm only looking for people who meet certain criteria because those are my typical buyers. So I think it's gotten better. I think that's what's driving more money to the web as people get to, to use it uh, in a more sophisticated way as a, as a tool to, to capture information. And being more real rather than just ripping people off. Yeah, I don't, I don't think people were, I don't think Jobs Online was ripping this company off, you know, six, seven years ago. I think that's just the way. That's those are the prices that uh, that the web was commanding. No one really understood what its value was, and today we're all getting a lot better at understanding what uh, what what it's, that it's nothing more than another channel. Right. I and wasn't suggesting that you guys were doing that, but just in general in the past. No, no, not a bad. No, no, I didn't. I didn't take it as that. But uh, you look at look at look at Scott Richter and CPA Empire. You know, he uh, had a great idea, and he was in the CPA business, and just he really understood how to make that thing hunt. And that same business model just doesn't work today. Mm. I mean, he's still in business, but it's a, it's very different from what his business was three, three, four years ago. Yeah, sure. So, talking about um, the co-reg and jobs online thing, maybe we should lead into uh, into um, some of your behavioral targeting or data, your data buying and then adding value and then selling. You want to talk about that and maybe how um, if you, you're always interested in buying data, is that correct? We're always interested in buying data, but we um, and we will to fill orders and to build our database. But we have found, um, and as as we as we grow as a company, that the best data that we can get is is data that we generate ourselves. We have we have um, uh, found through some of the sources that we buy data that if they're selling to us, they're selling to 100 other people as well. 
and so a lot of the data that you tend to buy will be tired data. Not that it doesn't have its uses. And a great use, for example, of acquired data, as long as it's done on a, again, in a privacy-compliant way, is for uh, for an email append. And I'm trying to think. We just did a very large email append for, it'll come to me in a second. Um, um, who sells also? You, you can buy, it's a, it's a big change, GNC. Mm-hmm. Uh, GNC had a has a database of I don't know how many tens of millions of clients that they want to contact through email, and so instead of uh, sending out catalogs because you know the, the cost to send out a catalog maybe a buck, whereas the cost to send out an email is you know a couple cents, and so we just did an email append uh, for them where we were able to match over a million of their of their uh, of their um, clients with an email address, and now they're contacting those people by email, and I assume they're enjoying some success at it. Um, that's a typical application of data where it doesn't really matter if um, you have behavioral information on or, or not, as long as you can uh, specifically match back an individual um, uh, name and postal address to an email address. And uh, uh, selling pens, by the way, is, is, is probably one of the, today, the single largest application of, of our data. Having said that, we have, uh, we work with HSBC, who's interested in um, what their model is, is they want to make sure every man, woman, and child, I shouldn't say child, every man and woman has an HSBC credit card in this country. And so what they are doing uh, is they are contacting people by phone to the extent that they're not on the do not call, the FTC's do not call list. We presented them with a solution saying that we can, um, if you have someone's postal address, we can uh, give you their email address. And um, so what you should do is select out the people on the do not call list so you can then target them by email. And they came to us, and that's been, we have met their acquisition cost per, per application, and that's been a very successful program for us. Um, we have found that we, we have even better results when we can score that person by what they've done on the web. For example, have they been on a credit card site in the past, uh, in the past 30, 60, or 90 days? So that's, that's a, an application of some of the behavioral data we have in combination with an email appendix. So would it be a, 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 an accurate statement to make that um, most of your business is driven around serving the direct response needs of blue-chip advertisers using um, clever uh, direct, re- direct response marketing techniques on the web and offline? Um, you're 100% correct, and the only thing I'd add to it is we, we consider ourselves to be in, in the, in the solution-providing business where, uh, again, an HSBC comes to us. They didn't come to us looking for a data for an email append. Uh, we actually came to them. They didn't come to us. But we, we went to them and said, tell us what your, what your pain is. And they said their pain is they want every man, man and woman to have a, a, a one of their credit cards. But there's, a, there's I think, 100 million people today on the, on the FTC's Do Not Call list, mm-hmm. and they can't get through to those people. Did we have any solutions for them? And we said, hey, do we have a solution? <laughs> And that's that's how we got into the email append business with HSBC. You know, I, I could tell you there's we're working now with uh, with one of the the, uh, the large car companies here in the U.S. who spends a tremendous amount of money recruiting people to do surveys for them, and that's that's how they decide what model changes they want to make with their cars based on uh, based on survey data. And so we're showing them how they can lower their cost of of um, capturing people who will fill out the surveys by acquiring those people online as opposed to doing it through their traditional uh, telephone methods. Hmm. And again, it's a, it's, it's a solution that we can provide based on the data that we've captured. So it seems like the, the stuff that you're doing with data sales and, and particularly to the, the, the blue chip guys that um, can afford to spend a fair amount of money on this stuff, that viral marketing would be a perfect addition to it. I mean, you, you must have seen the telefriend type invites where you get an invite to join LinkedIn um, or, or any one of these other sorts of sites. Or, LinkedIn is a or some, very successful example of that, yes. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, you know, that's something that someone may do on their own. We actually do Telefriend on some of our our different uh, sites as well, but it's not a service that we'll, that we'll provide for a client. I mean, we're um, we uh, another example of a client that we are, and this this really um, crosses um, all three areas of our three channels of our business. But there is a company out there based in Miami, and their business. Um, I'd like to tell you their name, but I need to get their permission first. But what they do is. 
when bank when you sign up for Bank of America credit card, mm-hmm. and um, then you receive an offer from Bank of America for um, credit insurance or or whatever they send out. It's actually not Bank of America doing it. It's uh, diff- that they've hired this company to do it for them, and then they, they work on a rev share basis. We are with this company now. Everything they've done up till now is offline. We're actually creating websites to support their various offers, and uh, we are getting <laughs> Bank of America, believe it or not, does not have these people's email addresses. So we're doing email append to capture email addresses. We'll send out email to drive these Bank of America clients to the specific website to allow them to sign, to give them the option of doing this online as opposed to uh, through the mail. And so we're, we're, we're creating this, this whole channel using our, the, the technology that we have available to us and our ability to create these websites as well as the data backend to convert their, their offline data to online data. So you work through the whole process of driving traffic all the way through to selling the data, or do you prefer to work partway through the process where someone else is uh, driving the traffic and then you're doing some value add on the data and, and then working with the client? Honestly, um, I prefer just work with uh, in the data part of it, A, because I believe it's what we're best at, and it's, it's something that we, you know, when, when you look at the agency side of the business, and I'm not the only CEO of an agency who will tell you this, the reason we, we may love the business, but we hate, we hate the, the margins. Uh, typically, the agency business is 15 to 20 percent uh, margin, and it's uh, you can't spend the amount of time you'd like on any one client um, based on the amount you're being paid. And if you try to charge more, then they're going to give the business to someone else. So how do you how do you dedicate your best resources to to providing a solution for someone on the digital agency side when you unless you want to lose money? So it's we, we keep that part of the business going because it's, it's, it's a necessary spoke in the wheel to drive our entire business model. Having said that, when we generate data from our own websites, which are typically, uh, we, we like to keep those at 50% margin, but when we generate data, the, by, the byproduct of those websites is the data that we're putting into our database, mm-hmm. then um, those sales are 100% margin. And uh, so it makes it, it, it allows us the bandwidth to really dedicate the resources necessary to make sure that the solution that we are providing is, is the best of all. And we also have a competitive advantage over other companies out there who are providing a data solution but don't own the data because they can't be as flexible as we can be. And, and frankly, they, 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 um, their, their cost structure is very different. Even when we provide data to, um, to Equifax, for example, it's uh, some of that data is provided on a royalty basis, so they make a sale. They wind up giving 50% of that sale to us for having provided the data. When we're when we're bidding against that same client, to the extent that we're using our own data and only our data, uh, we can afford to buy a sale, if you will, by going lower because we don't have any preset minimums that we need to charge, uh, like people who are selling data that that, that they don't specifically own. So it makes you more competitive. That makes makes us more competitive, and so we we feel that on the data side of our business, not only do we know what we're doing, we do it very well, but we have a, a price advantage based on the fact that we own we own the data that we're selling. Fair enough. Um, you did you see in the news um, just yesterday? Blue Lithium was sold. What what sort? What was sold? Uh, Blue Lithium. Are you familiar with them? I'm familiar with them. No, I did not know they were sold. Um, Three hundred million dollar acquisition to Yahoo. Interesting. Huh. I'll have to read about that. <laughs> mm. um, and obviously, it makes sense for Yahoo because now they're going to be able to do their ad targeting much more efficiently with that. Um, interested if you have any comments or thoughts on that. I mean, obviously, the sort of targeting—it's it's along the lines of what you do in a different way. Right. Um, uh, interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think that uh, I used to actually follow what technology they were using for their targeting. I know what Blue Lithium does, but I don't know them intimately, so I'm not sure I have much intelligence to say about that other than I think it's um, it's certainly a direction that Yahoo needs to go because if if they can't maximize spend for for their you know, when when company XYZ comes to them and says we're going to spend you know hundred thousand dollars on a test, it's up it's it's incumbent upon Yahoo to make sure that they're spending that money as efficiently as they possibly can to maximize results for their client, or they're gonna go somewhere else. And uh, I think to the extent that, that Blue Lithium will help make them, will help them spend that money more effectively um, through, through the different analytical tools, I think that, um, that Yahoo and, and their clients, quite frankly, win. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like a good deal. Um, and it's, it, it means that Google's going to have a harder time competing with, that, with AdSense. The, the, the eCPMs on Yahoo should just go up. Um, uh, you, you think so, but uh, I, I think I said this in our last conversation, and, and um, I'm going to say it again. I tell as many people will listen to me as, as, as I can, as, as, as I can, because uh, I, and you can say that Larry said it too way back when. I think Google eventually, their competition is not Yahoo. Their competition is the Yellow Pages. And I think they're going to the Yellow Pages business, and I think that's what it'll be five years from now. And I would not be surprised if they actually even bought one of the Yellow Pages companies, because Google, uh, Google uh, Local is where they make their most money. It's not the national targeting; it's the local targeting. That's why the Yellow Pages business has been so good for for so many years. And who will be Google's competitor in the Yellow Pages industry? It'll be Yellow Pages himself. And I, I know there are several different Yellow, AT&T owns Yellow Pages, for example. Um, R.R. Donnelly owns uh, Yellow Pages, and I think that they'll wind up buying uh, one of those for, their, for the Yellow Pages, for the local um, for local sales reps and all the rest of it. But uh, that, to me, is, is uh, that's from what I see, from where I stand, that's where that's where Google's going to expand. And again, it's not this is Google's business, not my business, but I, that is the perfect application of their technology. Targeting advertising to all of the small businesses all around the world. Uh, local, uh, or spe- uh, cor- correct around the world, starting here in the U.S., which is where you know, obviously they started, but um, um, through through local through local advertising, that's correct. It just makes sense. Uh, they, they've already won the hearts and minds of, of everyone based on the quality of the results, and now for for them to increase their, their their revenue, I think they need to get more granular, and that's that's a way to go that's a way to go after it. It'll make our, as an agency, it'll make our job more interesting too. So we can now, well, if, to the extent that we can make national advertisers appear local, that uh, that's great. And since we're we're doing it on a on a cost plus basis, the more they spend, the better we are, better off we are as well. But you'd only be working with the national advertisers in that case. I mean, you can't work with that many small local advertisers at the same time, can you? No intention of it. But if, uh, what I'm saying is, if we can take a national advertiser and make them appear local. Right. Um, as if as if this ad is specifically for this this market, um, I think that um, the advertising becomes more effective at that point. Yeah, makes sense. Um, uh, that's pretty much everything I can think of to ask you. Um, I'm wondering if you have any comments that you'd like to make or any other things you'd like to tell us. Um, no, I, I think the only thing I'd like to um, to reemphasize is that. Um, you know, we, we've, we've talked about, um, you know, could you make more money back five, ten years ago? Could you make more money today? And I, my answer to you was there's more money being spent online today, but I think that the, the playing field has become more level because, you know, it's, it's, it's become more mainstream, if you will. I do think that is, I'm, I'm, I've told you I'm 47 years old, and the next, the next generation, if you will, I think is going to be not um, advertising through email, be advertising through text messaging, and that's where I really um, hope and plan to bring consumer base, so that we're one of the main players in that market. Because um, that's 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 as far as I think I'll be able to take it. That is what's going to happen over the next two, five, or ten years, and I think that that's uh, going to be the next major shift or change in how um, how technology affects advertising. I think that we're, we're you know, uh, it, it was offline and offline were two separate and distinct animals before. Now we're, we're bringing them closer together. Text messaging is not part of that group right now. I think you're going to see text messaging brought into that as well. And so all three, uh, all three mediums, as you will, are going to be working much closer together in the future, and that's the direction of consumer base, I hope. So consumer base could become a company very much focused around just text messaging? Uh, not text messaging, but sending out uh, very highly targeted advertising through text messaging, and again, we can't do that though if we don't have the the, the websites capturing the data. If we don't have, if we're not sending out uh, email to the data that we're so think of it this way: we can capture your 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 postal email and cell phone number. We send out a uh, reports 2007 mailing to to learn that you're interested because uh, in, in health insurance offers. We can then take that that information that sits in our database. And to the extent that you clicked on a health insurance offer through Reports 2007 and uh, a, com- a health insurance company comes to us and says we want to send a text message to people living in 
your state who are your age who have clicked on health insurance offers, we can send one directly to you. And so if one of the publishers up. listening, if they have a, a lot, they're generating sign-ups every day, this is something that you could build into their sign-up process? Absolutely. But uh, build into their sign-up process, but uh, I believe the key to be successful and the key to selling to the people that they want to be selling to is capturing them correctly. And in that, there's no legislation out there right now that tells you how you need to do it, like CanSpam does for, for on the email side. Just make sure you have some sort of double opt-in process that you can, you know, that you can say this is how we're doing it. Everyone knew they were going to be receiving emails if they if they or sorry text messages to the extent they want to stop receiving them. We made it very easy for them, and sort of apply the can spam rules to to text messaging. And I think you can't go wrong. Yeah, that sounds that logically makes sense. So we've talked about a, a number of different areas. What are you, what kinds of people do you want to have contacting you, and for what kind of stuff? Oh, great question. Um, anyone who who has uh, who's in the data sales business right now, and who wants to is looking for new opportunities, should definitely contact us. Number one. Number two. Um, anyone, any company out there who who has a brand, who has a product to sell, and is interested in testing uh, text messaging, should should contact us. And um, anyone interested in generally using our our digital agency uh, services contact us as well. Cool. Okay. Um, and then is there anything else you'd like to add in closing? No, just uh, it's been fun. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's, it's always great talking to you, and I, I hope that, uh, that uh, we, uh, you can get something started with, uh, with a group of us who can get together and share some of our ideas across a, a table and see what relationships we can form.